Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, Warehouse Church. Thank you for joining us today. We want to make sure when you came, everybody came in the door today, got a high five stick. And we, these are to help us with social distancing. They're almost three feet long and your arm's almost three feet long. So, you know, if you're within this of somebody, you're too close. So anyway, um, we're glad you're here today. It's a special day today. I'm really pleased uh, to introduce to you. Most of you know in our church family, Tony Fergozo, his wife, Cindy, and they're awesome kids. They've been on a lot of our videos Uh, through the quarantine that we've been doing. Uh, But Tony, as many of you know, we were praying for Tony for a few weeks, was in a very, very uh, difficult time with his health. Uh, He was diagnosed with uh, coronavirus or COVID-19, and uh, we were able to uh, stay connected personally through that time. But Tony spent some time in the hospital. So Tony, I want to, what we're going to do today is I want Tony to kind of share his experience with you. And we're going to pull that back uh, and, and kind of finish that up with what the Lord taught him through this. But I know this will be, because this is real time, right? We've, since we've been in quarantine as a church and we've been uh, meeting online, this has happened, this has been real in Tony's life. So uh, if you don't know anybody that has it, maybe you'll learn something today, but you could certainly be praying for families that are impacted by this all over the world. But Tony is a member of our family. We're so blessed that you're better Man, we were praying for you for a long time, and I know that you know a lot of people are praying for you from our church and really all over the world because of your family's influence. But tell us about uh, what happened to you when you realized that you were really, really sick. Yeah, right on. First of all, I just wanted to say thank you for the prayer support, the family support, um, church. Thank you for praying for me. And um, ultimately, my family was blessed because of y'all's prayers, and we definitely felt those prayers. Cindy felt those prayers, and the kids felt them prayers. I felt those prayers in the hospital while I was in the hospital. And so, thank you. I'm, I'm indebted to you forever, uh, forever and ever. Amen, right? So, um, it all started with my son graduating from college. Uh, he was attending Full Sail University in Florida, and his graduation day was coming up, and so we decided as a family to go visit him in Florida. And while we're there, yeah, let's celebrate. Let's go to Disney World, right? So we went to Disney World in honor of my son uh, completing his Bachelor's of Science at Full Sail University. And we had a wonderful time. I mean, we're family being family. We're in the same hotel room. We're using the same bathroom. I'm walking uh, around with a backpack full of the waters and the snacks, and we're all sharing Um, And this was a two-week vacation. I come home on March the 11th, and I stay away from work for another day just to kind of recover from vacation, you know. But this was not, I mean, at this time, uh, we weren't really at DEFCON 7 with the quarantining and the national news about everything shutting down yet. Right, right. This was, uh, it was still abroad, you know, the quarantine, the COVID-19 was still abroad. It was still a unknown factor within the United States, a little bit around the area that I was in, a little bit in New York, but really not a big scare. Right. 
And so I returned to work on March the 13th and March the 14th. And the night of the 14th, I come home from work and it just hits me. Uh, this is flu-like symptoms. So that was Saturday, March the 14th. I, had, I started uh, flu-like symptoms. And then on Sunday, I knew that something was a little different because my essential oil regimen that I normally take for the flu, it wasn't working. Nothing was working. So you've had the flu before, and you've used right. the same treatment before. Right. And you could just tell something was out of, out of kilter. Right. Absolutely. I call into work on Monday, and then I immediately call my PCP, and we have a Skype interview. And he pretty much What's PCP? My uh, primary care physician. Okay, primary care for phys yeah. physician. PCP. It's nothing you can find on the streets, I'll tell you that. And so, um, or if you're down with me, you're down with OPP. And so... Um, other people's physicians. Yes, other people's physicians. I got you. And so uh, he does a Skype message with me, and he, you know, does the basic COVID interview questions. Where have you been? Uh, oh, you went to Florida. Okay, so this kind of all makes sense, right? Um, he's pretty much telling me at this point, Tony, we don't have any tests relatively available in the moment. Uh, this is now a scarce in the United States where things are going to slow down, um, society is going to slow down, and tests are not available because we don't have any. Stay home, quarantine yourself for 14 days, and call me if things get worse. So that was on March the 16th, Monday, Monday afternoon. That whole week of, of uh, mid-March, we didn't tell anybody that I was feeling ill. We knew that it was something different. We just didn't want to share this with anybody and scare anybody. Well, you were still trying to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. So I struggled that whole week um, with flu-like symptoms. Midweek, my wife started to receive flu-like symptoms as well. You know, the, the shakes, the low fever, the aching muscles. And, um, and then I kicked it. Uh, come Friday, Saturday, I kicked it, and I thought I was on the upswing. I think that's when I started talking to you, because when we started talking about it, it was kind of in the between time, if you will. Right, right. Come Saturday, um, I noticed that my breathing is getting slower. My breathing is getting lower. I, I'm having a hard time gasping for air. And the scary part was when I would yawn or when I would cough, something would happen in my chest where I couldn't maintain a breath. And it felt like minutes had gone by and I couldn't breathe but it was actually seconds, and it would scare the bejesus out of me um, to the point where I would hold a yawn in or I would hold a cough because I was so afraid of not breathing again. It scared me that much. And this was that weekend, you said? This was this weekend. Okay. It was um, March the 22nd, around there. I call my PCP. Personal care physician. Personal care physician. And he says, you know what? Clinically, you're acting like COVID. From what we know about this virus, it sounds like clinically you are behaving in this way. Continue to self-monitor and go to the hospital if you need to. 
on the 23rd of March, um, I went to the ER. And the reason why I went to the ER is because we have those little pulsometers that clip on your finger and it tells you how much oxygen you're getting into your blood uh, when you breathe. And my O2 counts were going down to about low 80s when they're normally sitting at high 90s. And so my wife was concerned, I was concerned, and I, she drives me to the ER. By this time, hospitals are trying to get ahead of the curve. And when I walked to this specific ER, oh my goodness, I was scared out of my mind. They put me into a white tent that was stationed outside. Now, Pastor, I have seen too many movies where people walk into white tents and they either walk out a zombie or they don't walk out at all, right? And so I'm thinking in my mind, what is going on? There's a crazy virus that I seems like I have clinically, and now I'm walking into this hazmat situation. And the nurses and the doctors that were triaging me were fully garbed in, you know, plastic all over their faces, this bubble, triple mask. Did you know? they give you the coat? Did they give you the test there? No, they didn't. Actually, um, at this specific ER, they gave me a flu test, which I tested negative, and they s- took an x-ray of my chest. The doctor on staff pretty much said, eh, you got a little bit of a bronchial up on, you know, bronchial crud. So here's an inhaler, patted me on the butt, and said, go self-monitor at home. Like this? Yes. Okay, gotcha. And um, from that point, I went home. I self-monitored at home. And that was March the 23rd. March the 24th, I do another Skype with my doctor, and he says, walk around the block, try to get some oxygen in your lungs, and get some sun in you, and um, start feeling better. I remember that day. We talked that day. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. I barely made it around the block, and that night, my O2 numbers dropped from mid-80s down to 80, and they weren't coming up again. I had a dear friend. I have a dear friend, uh, Cindy Medina. She is a, a respiratory therapist for another hospital. And uh, she came over that night. She took one good look at me, and she said, buddy, you need to go to the hospital. Um, my wife pulled her aside and said, what does it look like? She said, it looks bad. And that was enough to get me to start thinking, okay, I need to do something about this. This is no longer a let's treat at home with home remedies type of stuff. Right. This is, let's get some medical advice in, uh, involved in. So you went to the hospital. I went to a different hospital. Right. And the reason why is my hope was maybe that hospital didn't have a white tent. Yeah. And uh, So how long till you were in the hospital before they gave you your first test? Because I have a question to ask you about the test. Okay. So I walk into a second hospital the night of the 24th, and I'm walking into the hospital, which means it's not a tent. My anxiety dropped. I was no longer anxious about this idea of walking into a tent and turning into a zombie. I received a hospital bed. 
they tested me within an hour. So was that the test that went like all the way up into your brain? Oh my goodness, of? it was like up to here. Yeah, that's that swab is really really long and it's scary. It was probably as long as this stick. Yeah. Um, and they actually took a picture of my chest. They did an X-ray of my chest, and they said, "Okay, we're taking your swab. Uh, we're taking your sample out uh, to get tested to get the results. But on the meantime, you have full-blown pneumonia." So, which is actually for COVID patients, when they're getting worse, that's something that has kicked in, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Full blown pneumonia. Right. Okay. So, remember the night before, I was at one hospital. They took an X-ray of my chest and they said, "Ah, oh, you just got a little bronchial stuff on top." Well, less than 24 hours later, I have full blown pneumonia. So, and you were in the hospital for how many days? Eight days. And during that time, I mean, you're getting treatments and. I'm sure that you would give a big shout out to the doctors and nurses oh, yeah. that took great care of you the whole time. Oh, yeah. So what happened was my first test was done on March the 24th. That test was sent off to a lab for results. That test did not come back with results until March the 29th. So the whole time I'm in the hospital, they don't know if I'm positive or negative or anything. Okay. However, the doctors and the nurses chose to treat me as if I was clinically COVID positive because I was behaving in this way. Clinically, I was COVID positive. So you're, you, you got your test, you know you have it, you're in the hospital, uh, you're basically quarantined from your family, Cindy can't come see you, your kids can't come see you, uh, you can't have any family visit you, so it's doctors and nurses all day long, you're feeling like crud. And I asked you a question when you came over to my house the other night. I said, hey, I bet you got caught up on your Netflix stuff. And you were way more spiritual than me, apparently, because you went, no, I didn't watch anything when I was in the hospital. Understandably, I totally understand. I'm not dogging you for that. Much respect. But I want to kind of get into what took place in your life spiritually uh, during this time. I mean, you were potentially facing mortality, right? I mean, you didn't know. I mean, you believe that God was going to do something in and through you, but that may have been what God was going to do, right? You didn't know that at the time. So you're talking to Cindy, and she sent great pictures out uh, when you were in the hospital room. She took a pic- you took a picture of her in the parking lot. She took a picture of your window. She does what she does. She held everything together for you. But talk- before we hit the spiritual impact, talk to me about the family impact that this had on you and your girls and your, and your son just for a moment. So because there was a lot of distance um, between us, there were moments where Cindy would come to the hospital, drop a bag off for me, like clean underwear or, or just soap or deodorant for me at the ER entrance, and then I would buzz my nurse to go run and retrieve it for me, right? So there was no contact between me and any life form. The nurses were in and out. The doctors were in and out. Everyone stood at a distance, fully garbed, and rightfully so. And you're texting all your homies and your buddies and right. me and, and your family, and just that's your contact with the outside world. My contact to the outside world is text message or FaceTime. And so while in the hospital, I found out that my dad was going to have emergency bypass surgery in two days. And I prayed that, oh, my goodness, Lord, can I please just see my dad again? And he told me, he said, I promise you that you're going to be able to see your father again. That's, and your dad today? And my dad today, I just got off the phone with him, and he's doing great. That's awesome. Praise the Lord for yeah. that. Um, my, I would do uh, 
Skype messaging with my family. They, Cindy would gather them around the table, and I would hold a Bible study for them, and we do Bible studies that way. My son would come out to the parking lot with his guitar, and he would sing me a song while I was on Skype with him, and I could see him through my bedroom window. And I mean, it was just a really good family moment for us to just kind of get together um, in, in these circumstances. You know? That's great. So let me ask you something before we dive into what, what, what I want you to share today. Uh, you're, you're in the hospital for eight days, correct? Yep. And you're winding up your time in the hospital. I, I remember the picture when you came out, like you just got busted out of prison. And uh, you went home, and uh, just a real sweet fellowship, I'm sure, with your family. You were still quarantined afterwards for how long? For I was quarantined. Well, actually, I was monitored by the Department of Health when I left the hospital, when right. I was discharged. And they put requirements on me. Their requirements I met on April the 6th. However, my family was still quarantined after April the 6th to stay in the house until April the 18th. Right. My physician from the hospital called me and said, no, 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 buddy. You're going to stay at home until April the 20th. Right. So how long were you home self-quarantining or maybe through the, uh, the state, whatever? How long were you home quarantined after you were technically or clinically better or I guess didn't have the virus anymore? Um, f- 14 more days, okay. basically. And since then, you've gone back to work? Yes. I returned to work on April the 20th. That was my first day back. And you dropped uh, a you dropped a uh, junior hire from your body, <laughs> correct? So uh, on March the twenty fifth, um, I was three hundred and fifteen pounds. Three fifteen. Three fifteen. And as, today you're not three hundred fifteen pounds. <laughs> as of today, I am two hundred and sixty one pounds. That is all. That's fifty four pounds. Fifty four pounds. That is so awesome, man. We're proud of you. And that's not just from COVID. Yeah. That you change your eating habits yes. and and you've been making some healthy life decisions that we've discussed anyway. So I'm really proud of you for that. Well, thank you. So at discharge, the doctor called me and said. Um, hey, buddy, your blood work results are saying that you're pre-diabetic. And this could change based off of diet and exercise. Well, I went into the hospital on March the 24th with full-blown pneumonia caused by COVID-19, which is a very deadly virus. I did not need another deadly disease over my shoulders for the rest of my life. I walked into the hospital on March the 24th with full-blown pneumonia caused by COVID-19, and I walked out of the hospital on March the 31st with a changed heart. That's awesome. I love that. And God, God did something special in your life. And I want you to kind of share some of that because I know you shared that uh, through Facebook when you came home. I think it was a Wednesday or Thursday night you did that, and I, and I was able to watch that. But we have a few moments left, uh, and I want you to kind of share just in a very personal way, the spiritual aspect of this, um, and then I'm going to wrap it up when you're finished because you and I have talked about this already, and I'm really excited for you to tell our church family and people everywhere that are watching uh, what not, we want to take the focus off of the, the specifically COVID-19 and put this, the, the focus specifically on what God did in your heart through this time uh, personally and spiritually. Yeah, definitely. What I noticed was uh, the next day of uh, being admitted, 
I was in my hospital room and I was standing up. I was walking around the room. I was reading my Bible. I was um, listening to praise and worship music. And the doctor overseeing my treatment walks in and she says, what are you doing? Why are you standing up and walking around and doing all these things? She says, I looked at your chart and you should be in bed right now. And I told her, I said, I feel great. I feel renewed. I feel like the treatment you're giving me, even though it's a day, I feel energy. I feel good. And here's what she said. She said, clearly God is with you because of how you're feeling. And Amen. I love that. Right, right. And I took this opportunity to learn a prayer. And you'll find this prayer in Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 26. And this is a prayer that God instructed Moses to tell his brother Aaron, I need you to pray this prayer over Israel, over all of Israel. And so this prayer is called the Aaronic Prayer. Aaronic prayer as in Aaron. Aaron, Aaron not uh, ironic prayer. Not ironic not, prayer. Not isn't it ironic, don't you think? Isn't it yeah. ironic, don't you think? Right. Okay. Aaron's prayer. And so this prayer is very simple. It's a very simple prayer. And it says, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. That's awesome. And the cool thing about this prayer was that when the nurses would come in, I would ask them, can I pray over you? And they would look at me and say, why would you pray over me? Because I knew that their jobs were different. I knew that what they were doing, the tasks that were handed to them to treat me, to treat all the other patients was different, and they weren't used to it, and they needed a peace. And so I would pray this prayer over them, and a lot of the nurses would say, thank you so much for caring for me. I needed that. So it was a blessing for me. Now, I'm the type of guy that needs to know the whys behind the whys, right? Right? Back in the day, I used to look at the lyrics of a CD or a cassette and, and just kind of dissect the words and try to find deeper meanings. And I've always been that way, and I'm kind of that way with the Word of God. And so my why behind the why was in this very simple prayer, why was God focused on his face, right? So I sought the Lord. And here's what he brought to my mind. He brought to my mind the story of his interaction between him and Moses. And this is years before this very simple prayer was spoken. Moses is developing his relationship with the Lord. And Moses says, I want to see your glory. And you're going to find this in Exodus uh, chapter 33, verse 18. He says, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, I got an idea. 
there is a place near me, and I will put my hand on you between the rock. When my glory passes by, I will lift my hand uh, between the cliff and the rock and cover you until I pass by. Then I will remove my hand, and you will see my back but not my face. And I always thought, man, this is so interesting. Now, again, I'm the guy who needs to know the why behind the why. So we have Moses interacting with God, and God says, you can't see my face. And then years later, we have God tell Aaron pretty much, pray to Israel that they see my face, right? So I thought that was strange. So the Jewish word for face is panem. And this reminds me of the story of when Jacob was wrestling with God and pretty much God getting upset with Jacob's stubbornness and wax him on the hip, right? And says, not only am I frustrated with your stubbornness, but I'm going to rename you and changes his name to Israel. Israel, yeah. Right? And Jacob says this, I want you to bless me before you leave. And he does. God blesses him. And Jacob says, I'm going to call this place Penel. And you'll find this in Genesis chapter 32. And Jacob says, so Jacob called the place Penel which means it is because I saw God face to face, and yet he spared my life. And he held on to God, to Jesus, to God, right. the angel of the Lord, right. until the blessing came. He said, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. Until I get that blessing. And I love that passage. That's awesome. Go ahead. And so it's really cool to see how we notice the face of God in compassion, in acts of mercy, in acts of prayer and praying for each other. And yet, we walk around with this sense of peace. I mean, this prayer is such a simple prayer, and it's, may the Lord's face shine to you, may His grace be upon you, and may His face turn to you. And this is we, we, we now live in a society where people's faces are covered, and we can't see a smile, right? We can't see dimples on cheeks anymore um, because some people choose to wear masks. And Which is fine. We, absolutely. we respect that. Somebody absolutely. asked me if I was going to be wearing a mask when I talk to you, and am I safe you know, uh, being with you and having yeah. you at my house the other night. We talked through that and yeah. called a doctor, and since you're cleared and, you know, but but it is. It's a reality of where we are today, you know, is there's a big scare. And I think it's I think it's relevant that you say seeking God's face because we're looking everywhere else except there. Yeah. Like our world's telling us, depend on this, the government, the this, the this, the this, the this, the inoculation, when the fact of the matter is it's what you're talking about today. Uh, did you have did you anything else that you wanted to share? I just wanted to jump in with that because that just grabbed me. No, that's perfect. No, absolutely. Um, ultimately, it's the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we get to share and that we get to walk with, that we get to um, be involved with, and not only just walk with God in His peace, but share His peace with those around us. So I'm going to ask you a question. You had COVID-19, 
And the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. I, again, I say rejoice. It says in everything, give thanks. Are you thankful for this, for what you went through for the past month and a half? The Lord has shown to me and my wife the many blessings that have come out of this. Um, the blessing of being able to pray for those nurses. The blessing of having compassion in my heart to care and to actively pray for those who are ill and to pray for those who have families who are in the hospital. My heart is so compassionate now to, to something like that because it's no longer the, ah, that's not going to happen to me. It's no longer that. It's now, how can I pray for you? How can I walk with you? And how can I show you the love of my God? Because He does love you. So I think, church, what we need to understand uh, from Tony's testimony and I, there's so much more, and we, we just we had to limit it to a part of this just because of, of, of our, you know, what we try to do for our church services. But God did something amazing in his life, and here's the truth. God wants to do something amazing in your life as well. He doesn't want you just seeking him when you're at the valley of the shadow of death, right? He wants you to seek his face today because he loves you, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. Listen, COVID-19 is a thing that's very serious, and and because we know Tony, and we prayed for Tony, we now take those prayers and give them to other people, our nurses, our doctors, our frontline uh, people that, uh, that are taking care of people. And we're so, so thankful for those folks. But wow, in our country, just this week, it was announced that over 80,000 people have died so far. And it is serious. But here's the thing. The most important thing that our world needs is not a cure for COVID-19. The most important thing our world needs is to see the face of God and to have the grace and the love and the forgiveness and the relationship of our Lord Jesus Christ. God gave this man and his wife a peace that passes all understanding. How can you be thankful when you go through that? When you're walking with, through this valley, you're not alone, you're with the Lord. That's why he was able to pray for nurses. That's why he was able to know that this is bigger than just this statistical disease, right? This is something that God's doing in my life personally, and now there's going to be a result for that. I'm going to, like you spoke earlier, I'm going to have compassion towards people. I'm going to diligently pray. I'm going to see how I can uh, be a blessing to other people. And that ironic prayer that he talked about earlier out of the book of Numbers is a prayer that you can pray today. And I want to invite you today. We're going to, have, we're going to pray for two things uh, as we close up this morning. I want to pray that God would use us to be, to, to direct people to the glory of God, that God would use us to communicate Jesus, that God would use us as he used Tony to pray for others that are going through some things, praying for your neighbors, family, friends, even people. And listen, people don't have to know that you're praying for them when you're praying for them. It doesn't count when you tell them, right? I was praying for Tony and that prayer wasn't uh, validated because I said, hey, Tony, I prayed for you. Now it's official that I prayed for you. I prayed for Tony. I prayed for Cindy. I prayed for his kids. We pray for other people that we know. We have three families in our church, uh, including Tony's family that had to deal with uh, COVID-19 directly that we're still praying for, right? And, and, and we're thankful that so far, we're so, so thankful that God has spared and that, that people have gotten better and they've made you know, the right doctors, the right decisions, but ultimately it, it, it's God's grace and we understand that. But now, church, we understand that we can pray that prayer and pray for others. Here's the second thing. Maybe today, 
hearing Tony's testimony, praying this prayer by Aaron, who was a priest, praying that God's face would shine on others, that we would see God, that we would experience God in a personal way. Maybe today's the day that you would experience God in a personal way for yourself by putting your faith and trust in him, by acknowledging that he is the God of this universe, that he sent his son Jesus to pay for every wrong thing that Tony did, every wrong thing that I did, and every wrong thing that you did. And he died, and he paid for all those sins. But here's what's wonderful. He didn't stay dead. The Bible says he rose up from the grave three days later, defeating sin, Satan, and death, so that we can have not only a relationship with him today, which I know that you were super thankful for while you were in the hospital, right? But a relationship with him forever and ever. And that's what he desires from you today. So if you want to have this relationship that Tony speaks of that I'm sharing with you today, can I invite you right now, right where you're sitting, just to bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me and invite the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life today. And this prayer isn't something that's magical. You're going to feel a zap from the TV or your house is going to shake and rumble. But the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So would you bow your heads right now and pray with me and repeat this prayer to the Lord and enter into a personal relationship with him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time of listening to Tony's testimony. Jesus, I know that you love me, and I thank you for dying and paying for all of my sins. Would you come into my life and save me today? and help me to live for you. Thank you for loving me, and thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, listen, if you're thankful for people that prayed that prayer, throw some thumbs up in the comments this morning, okay? Bunch of thumbs up coming at you, bunch of hearts. We're thankful for you. If you made that decision today to be a follower of Jesus, would you just send us an email to hello at warehousechurch.com. Hello at warehousechurch.com. And all you have to put on there is, I prayed with Ed today. And make sure your numbers, make sure not your number, but make sure your uh, name is on there. And of course, your email address at the top. Don't send it to me, BCC, or like that. Make sure, make sure it's getting to me and I know who you are. And then we'll reach out to you this week and we'll rejoice with you. And we want to share some stuff with you through, the, through email. And maybe we'll send some stuff to your house too if you can do that for us. But we're excited today. God used Tony to be an encouragement to all of us. Hey, listen, we need to be praying for people that are sick, uh, praying for families that are still impacted, the East Coast, the West Coast, Shreveport, Louisiana, Michigan, Florida. There's pockets all over our country where it's very, very saturated. Uh, and we, We're very blessed here in North Texas because we've, we're kind of getting back into things slowly but surely. And we're so glad that Tony and his family are safe, clean bill of health allowed to be out in the public, social distancing like all of us are, and um, monitoring ourselves properly. But Tony, we want to thank you for sharing today, and uh, thank you for being part of our church and being part of our church family. And uh, do you have any encouragement you want to say to everybody uh, before we check out today? Just go with the peace of God, and ultimately I'll leave you with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May his grace be with you. May the Lord's face turn towards you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. So listen, church, 
We're going to put up a slide of some announcements this week. Uh, when our Ed Talks are going to be, when Johnny's going to be meeting with our youth group uh, through Instagram and other things that are going on like that. We hope you have a great week. We hope you were encouraged. We hope you were blessed. Give Tony some love on uh, social media right now. Let him know that you were encouraged and blessed and prayed for him and that you appreciate what he shared with us today. Make sure you share this service uh, in your Facebook so that all your friends can watch not only what Tony shared today, but what God can do in their life because of it. Hey, Warehouse Church, we love you. Make sure you check in with me at noon today for Ed Talks. We're going to wrap up a little bit of the service and talk about what's going to happen at Warehouse Church this next week as we start moving towards um, Memorial Day weekend. So we love you. God bless you. Have a great day. May God's face shine on you. We love you, Warehouse Church. Thanks for watching today.